everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Gracefully Growing Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Cormier. And today we're going to be talking about reflecting God's faithfulness, applying it to our marriage. Marriage is beautiful. It is an institution ordained by God between a man and a woman. Marriage is a divine metaphor for the relationship between Jesus Christ and us, his bride, the church. As God is faithful to us, so we should be faithful to our spouses. We are the bride of Christ and he is our head. In Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul teaches that the relationships between a husband and a wife is a reflection of Christ and his church. And Paul instructs husbands to love their wives just as Jesus loved the church and died for her. This means that husbands are called to sacrificially love and serve their wives just as Jesus has done for us. But Paul also teaches that wives are to submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. This doesn't mean that wives are inferior to their husbands, but rather that they are to respect their husband's leadership and follow his lead just as Jesus called us to follow him. The metaphor of marriage is used to illustrate the deep, intimate, and loving relationship that God desires to have with his people. Christ is the groom and the church is his bride. The church is called to love and serve Jesus, just as a wife is called to love and serve her husband. The book God in Marriage says this, As God made man in his own image, So he made earthly marriage in the image of his own eternal marriage with his people. So what does it mean to reflect God's faithfulness in our marriage? Well, first and foremost, it means staying committed to our marriage vows, the covenant that we made with our spouse before God when we promise to love, honor, and cherish them for the rest of our lives. This commitment is not something to be taken lightly, and as a woman of God, we must strive to uphold it with all of our hearts. There are plenty of ways we can start to build that trust and show faithfulness to our husbands. One, we can avoid any negative communication or criticism. We should never stonewall our spouse. Instead, we should focus on positive things, positive communication patterns. We should show empathy toward our husbands, validate their feelings, listen intently, apologize when it's necessary, when you've said something hurtful or demeaning. And in this way, you'll demonstrate your commitment and your desire to be able to be healthy and faithful in your relationship with your husband. Third, we can reflect God's faithfulness by showing our husbands love and kindness. Even when it's difficult and we may think they've been mean that day or short-spoken. Because marriage is not always easy and there will be times when our spouse may hurt us or they may disappoint us. However, as women of God, we can choose to extend the grace that God has given us and show love, kindness, gentleness, and patience with our spouse. We can also show encouragement and support in our husband's pursuits, personally and professionally, letting him know that we believe in him and that he can do anything he puts his mind to. We also should be showing appreciation for everything he does, gratitude for all of his contributions to our marriage, to our family, our finances, everything, we should show that we appreciate him. We should show him that we value his role, that he plays in our lives, 
and serve him and others with humility, without any expectation of anything in return, just as Jesus did. We should also learn to show genuine interest in his life. We should listen when he wants to talk about something that he's interested in, attentively, and ask him about his day and his goals, and be patient and understanding, just as Jesus was patient and understanding with us. When our husbands make mistakes or fall short of our expectations, instead of getting mad and getting angry at him and shutting down, we should instead show him grace and forgiveness and truly be a reflection of Jesus. A lot of times our husbands may be going through something that maybe they don't really want to burden us with, so they bottle it up inside and it seems to start just overflowing in their attitude towards us, attitude towards other people, anger issues, short-spokenness, anything. And as women, especially me, I tend to overthink every issue that my spouse may be going through. And I think it's a reflection of something I did when reality, it could be any number of things. It could be work, financial stress, personal outlook about themselves, their health, their weight. Even as they're getting older, the balding of their head. <laughs> Anything. You know, men have feelings just like we do. And, you know, we are total, two totally different be like beings. We're two totally different types of people. But at the same time, we both have feelings and we both think about things and we get lost in our own head so sometimes when they're angry it may not truly be a reflection of us I know sometimes my husband may be a little upset maybe he's had a bad day or something and I'll say something and he'll just kind of be real short not mean just just short like yeah yeah honey uh-huh yeah and I'll be like are you mad at me did I do something wrong and he'll be like look at me he's like no I've just got a headache <laughs> or no, I just had a bad day or something like that. And then I'm automatically like, okay, cool. <sighs> awesome. Sigh of relief. It's not nothing to do with me. <laughs> and, uh, then I just start trying to, you know, make sure whatever has been causing him to be upset that day. If it's a headache, then I try my best to keep the kids quiet, try my best not to be super loud encourage him to take some Tylenol, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it's not always their anger, their shortness is not always because of something we did. And we need to start learning how to focus on maybe it's something they need. Maybe there is, maybe there is a headache and they need Tylenol. You know, maybe they need space from the kids. Maybe they've been around the kids too much that day and they just need a break. Just like we do. We need breaks. Maybe that's what, what they need. During those times, it's then that we choose to reflect the faithfulness of God and the patience of God. There are many instances in the Bible where God shows his faithfulness to those who may or may not deserve it. And sometimes we may feel so angry at our spouse for something they may have done that we may feel like just closing off and no longer, and in that instance, we are no longer honoring our spouse. If we just shut them out and ignore them, and then we start becoming bitter. We're not honoring, respecting, or showing love and mercy and grace that God asks us to show. Like I said, marriage isn't 
always easy. I've been married for four years now, which honestly is not a lot for some. <laughs> My husband picks all the time. He says, oh, it feels like 10. But I promise you, he's just picking. He does that because he knows it. it It gets my nerve. <laughs> but four years, you know, in today's age where marriages, I mean, marriages don't last sometimes more than a year or two in my generation. And I guess I'm a, uh, I'm not a millennial, so I'm a Gen Z. I don't know. I don't really like being called either. I just want to be like in the middle. I think technically I am in the middle. <laughs> but in my generation, the people my age and just, you know, just a little bit older, just a little bit younger, you know, marriage doesn't last. Marriages don't last. And to be honest, I feel like four years is something to be celebrated. Now, of course, most marriages that don't last, uh, it's because, for one, they're not founded or rooted in the Word of God. Another reason is relationships, intimate relationships before marriage. Um, and it's just... <sighs> There's some statistics on marriages where people were abstinent and where they weren't. And in marriages where people were abstinent, that you see a lot longer in marriage, like, like a lot longer lasting marriages. And then in relationships where you see people who were not abstinent, you see a lot, lot higher divorce rate. And to be honest, I'm just, I'm just happy that we've made it four years. God has blessed us. And I look forward to being like my grandparents, brother and sister Gasser. They just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And a few years before that, my granny Nams and my papa Verlin, they celebrated their 50 years of marriage. And then, of course, we have people like my granny and papa Childers. They're now in their 80s. And they're still living for God together. You know, just I, that is the examples that I've had in my life. And that's what I want my marriage to be like. That's what that I, I aspire my marriage to be like. And I pray it's going to be that way. I pray. In those four years, though, you know, I've not always been the best wife to my husband. There's been times, whether I realize it or whether I don't, that I'm not showing him respect and that's not what God wants of me. God wants me to show him respect and honor him. And I'm I'm working on me. I'm still working on me, as I said in the other episode. I'm growing in grace. I'm still working on me, and I'm trying to be a good wife. One of the ways that I've really seen that's been a problem for me is my entire family. Okay, if you know us, you know that there was four kids, my mom and dad, three girls, one boy. We could all be in the car. We had like a two or three Suburbans and Tahoe's. We'd all be in the car and I would like say I would be in the back and my mom and dad's in the front. I'm sitting there talking to my mom and dad from the back seat while my sister and my brother are talking across each other. We're just, I don't know, you would have to be around us a lot. But we, we talk over each other and it's just how our family is. And his family's not like that. You know, they take turns talking to each other. So when we got married and even now I struggle. He'll be in the middle of saying something, and a thought will come to my mind, and I'll just spit it out. And he's told me, he's like, honey, when you do that, I lose all train of thought. I lose my point, you know. And I'm realizing I apologize, and I'm like, hey, 
honey, I'll try to do better. And I've failed and failed and failed and failed. I've done it time and time and time and time again. And it's not that I'm not trying. It's just for, I married him at 21. It's like for 21 years, that's why it's been ingrained in me. And it's not that there's nothing wrong with that in my family. But because his family's not used to that, it's very difficult. So it's something I'm trying to learn. And I may be learning for a few more years. God forbid. I know it's driving him crazy. But I'm trying to be a better wife. And I know that that's something that bothers him. So I'm trying to do the very best I can to change. It's not like he's asking me to change my whole personality. I'm doing it out of respect for him. I'm trying to be a better wife. I don't want to cause him stress. <laughs> but, you know, I'm... I'm not always the best wife because of times like that, you know. Sometimes I frustrate him. And then sometimes it actually may feel like 10 years we've been together. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm working on me. But anyways, guys, it's just, I'm, I'm trying to do better. And I really feel like God's helping me. God's changing me and making me a better wife, a better mom. And yeah, God's just, God's helping me. And that's what you should try to do. Let let God help you. And as God helps you, you know, you start praying for your husband. Start praying that God would help him. And there's many ways you can pray for your husband. There's many, many things you can pray for for your husband. Like you can pray for your husband's work. Pray that God blesses him, blesses everything he touches. Sometimes when I'm praying, I say, God, bless my husband, God. Everything that he touches, let it be blessed. God, use him for your glory. Whatever his aspirations are, God, use them for your glory. Let them come true. Use them for your glory. And I pray that God will give wisdom and knowledge and understanding to, for him to excel in his workplace and his environment. He's actually about to start a new job at the 1st of April. And I'm excited for him. Like, I'm already, like, praying, God, use him. Let him, let him push his way up, God. Give him the promotions, God. You know, give your favor for him and it's just like i'm anxious i'm excited i know he's probably anxious and excited he might not be as excited as i am <laughs> but i just pray that god would use him and help him to excel and then i pray for his relationships with other people i pray that he can continue to be a kind person and to build strong and healthy relationships with his family his friends his co-workers so, likewise, you can pray for your husband in that way. Pray that God will send protection, his guardian angels to ride with him on his way to work or to be with him when he needs to make a hard decision. Pray that God will protect him physically, of course, spiritually and mentally from any harm or temptation. Pray that God will help your spouse achieve every dream and goal that he might have and that they would fall in line with the, what the Lord wants what he would want for his life and with the will of God. And lastly, pray for your marriage and your relationship. Pray that God will allow your husband to be quick to ask for and offer forgiveness. Also pray that you will be quick to ask for and offer forgiveness. Ask God to bless your marriage and help you and your husband learn to understand each other. That is one of the hardest things is learning to understand Especially your the emotional side of your relationship. And to grow closer. Pray that you can grow closer and grow closer together. Not only physically, but grow closer together 
in Jesus, praying together, worshiping together, praying together at church, which is honestly very hard to do when you have two under two. But just pray that God will draw you closer and closer and closer and closer together. As for you, if you start prioritizing your walk with God above all else, God will begin to bless your marriage. You will begin to see changes in your marriage. It may not be a super huge big change all of the sudden, but he will change your marriage for the better, not for the worst. A lot of times as women of God, we ask God to change our spouse. To let him become more patient, or more loving, or more affectionate. But in reality, it's just us that needs to change. It's us that needs to change our outlook, our perspective. A lot of times, we are the one that needs to change and needs to grow closer to God. So that in turn, we can grow closer to our husband. I'll just use fasting as an example. I've heard this all my life. When we fast, when we lay aside the plate, or whatever else, maybe it's social media you fast from, we don't do it so that we can change God's mind. Like, God, I'm going to fast, so maybe you'll change your mind on this subject, and, you know, whatever. But we do it so that God can change us, change our perspective, change how we feel about it. And that's how it should be in our marriage. We don't need to pray that God will change our spouse. We need to pray that God will just change us and use us to be a reflection of his faithfulness, his grace, his love in our marriage and in our relationship. In conclusion today, I would just like to remind you that as women of God, we have the opportunity to reflect God's faithfulness in many ways. But we have the opportunity most of all to reflect God's faithfulness in our marriage. By staying committed, loyal, kind, and prioritizing our relationship with God and praying for our husband. In honoring God in all that we do, I truly pray that God blesses your marriage, that God blesses you and gives you peace and understanding. Start allowing the faithfulness of Jesus to be reflected in your marriage and in the way you treat your husband. And in the way you respond to him. So ladies, as always, allow the love of Jesus to fill your heart and overflow into the lives of those around you. And remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And with that, we come to the end of today's episode of Gracefully Growing. I do kind of have an announcement to make. Um, I thought a lot about some of the guests that I would like to eventually have onto the podcast. I have in mind a lot of wonderful women of God. But I've also been thinking about having some men of God that have been influential in my life on to talk to us. One of those people being my dad. That does not mean in any way that I'm gearing this toward men at all. I promise. I'm still 100% focused on and always will be focusing on directing this podcast to ladies and young women. But I do think a few of these interviews would be insightful to us. Of course, the majority of my interviews will be with women of God, um, young ladies, stuff like that. But anyways, ladies, thank you for joining me, and I really do look forward to talking more about things like this. Be on the lookout for more episodes concerning the faithfulness of God and how we can, can apply that in different avenues of our lives as women of God. Again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. But until then, keep growing in grace and reflecting the qualities of Jesus in all that you do.